0: Hello and welcome everybody wherever you are in the world. My name is Paul Ryan. I'm founder of PrescriptionRevision.com and I'm a GP and pharmacist based here in Ireland. I'm passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics and really enjoy making the latest international guidance relevant to those of us at the cold face of primary care. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about delayed antimicrobial prescriptions Delayed antimicrobial prescriptions are used when there is clinical uncertainty about whether a condition is self-limiting or is likely to deteriorate. So specifically, this is in the context of patients presenting recurrent acute self-limiting infections rather than about providing rescue packs for acute infections associated with chronic conditions, you know, such as COPD or um, recurrent UTIs and that. So, delayed antimicrobial prescriptions suggest to the patient to wait before taking these antimicrobial prescription. So before taking the 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 prescription, because they probably will be fine, but just in case they deteriorate, they can start taking it. So I suppose why use a delayed or a backup antimicrobial prescription? So there are six specific reasons. And I'm going to go through these reasons in this podcast. Number one, reduces the patient's use of antibiotics, and there are studies to show this. Number two, they're useful if we're unsure whether an immediate antibiotic is actually needed. Number three, there is little difference in symptomatic benefit with with immediate versus backup antibiotics. Number four, increases the patient's ability to self-manage infections. Number five, we know that delayed antibiotics do not lead to an increase in complications or adverse events compared to immediate antibiotics. And finally, number six, we know that delayed antibiotics reduce reconsultations. So, number one, delayed antibiotics reduces the patient use of antibiotics. So in 2014, there was a large randomized control trial in the UK, and it showed that using delayed antibiotics can actually reduce the patient' use of antibiotics as many patients will not actually get the antibiotics. It looked to est- this particular random RCT or randomized control trial looked to estimate the effectiveness of different strategies involve- involving delayed antibiotic prescriptions for acute respiratory tract infections it looked at 889 patients who were aged 3 years of age and over who had an acute respiratory tract infection. And the study found that only less than 40% of patients use the antibiotics when given a backup prescription. The particular study was done by Little et al. And patients who were judged not to need immediate antibiotics were randomized to undergo four different types of delayed prescription. Number one... Recontact contact for a prescription, number two, post-dated prescription, number three, collection of the prescription, and four, and to be given the, pa- the prescription or patient late. During the trial, a strategy of no antibiotic prescription was added as another randomized comparison. With regard to symptom severity, there was minimal differences in mean symptom severity between the strategies involving no prescription and delayed prescription. The symptom duration, the duration of symptoms rated moderately bad or worse, also did not differ between no prescription and delayed prescription strategies combined. There were modest and non-significant differences in patients very satisfied with the consultation between the randomized groups. So the satisfaction ratings in both groups were similar. Strategies of no prescription or delayed antibiotic prescription result in, in fewer than 40%, so around one third of patients using antibiotics, and are associated with less strong beliefs in antibiotics and similar symptomatic outcomes to immediate prescription. If clear advice is given to patients, there is probably little to choose between the different strategies of delayed prescription. So, the bottom line less than 40% of patients who were given a delayed antibiotic prescription actually cashed in on their prescription. Now, we fast forward to 2021. There was a telephone survey of 1,676 members of the English general public and it found that only 3% were offered a delayed antibiotic throughout 2020. 75% of these found it completely acceptable and only 4% stated it was unacceptable. But of these 3%, 3%, again, but of these 3%, only about 40% took the antibiotic and she cashed in on the antibiotic. Now, the second reason to use a delayed antibiotic um, or a backup antibiotic prescription is that it is useful if we are unsure whether immediate antibiotic is actually needed. And I'm going to talk about this uh, study done um on acute sore throats, okay, those patients in 11 English GP practices were randomised into immediate antibiotics, delayed antibiotics, and no antibiotics. And this is a publication um, back in 1997 in the BMJ by Little, Williamson, Warner et al. And there was no difference in recovery rates, and there was high levels of satisfaction with all strategies, okay. So, compared to immediate antibiotics, those given no antibiotics or delayed antibiotics had a reduction in belief in antibiotics for sore throat and were less likely to visit the GP again for similar symptoms. A more recent study of acute sore throat called the Descartes study, D-E-S-C-A-R-T-E, in fact showed that complications in those who receive immediate antibiotics were similar to those receiving a backup prescription even though 30% did not collect the prescription. Thus, giving more control to the patient does help prevent complications, but the backup antibiotic safety netting instructions are very important. The backup prescription is very useful to give to patients who have a high expectation for antibiotics. There was a Cochrane review of ten studies done that showed that delayed prescriptions reduce antibiotic prescriptions without reducing satisfaction. There's an important thing to discuss as well, and it's legitimation of illness. So, to to for the patients to explain to work or to school or to family or friends that this was an important reason for consultation, so as to the patients who were more satisfied. Got better more quickly, and satisfaction related strongly to how well the doctor dealt with the patient's concerns. So, so that then they can feel that it, it was legitimate to actually go to the doctor. To and they explain to their family and friends, you know. So, so rather than, uh, you know, the prescription for the antibiotic, if they feel that their um, concerns were addressed, that that really helped with patient satisfaction. Now, the third reason to use a delayed prescription or a backup uh, prescription for an antibiotic is that there's little difference in symptomatic benefit with immediate versus backup antibiotics. Now, I've done a full podcast on the numbers needed to treat and the numbers needed to harm um, with antibiotics with common conditions seen um, in primary care. So, just going to summarize it for, going to talk about it for less than one minute. We know otitis media. Duration depends on the study, between 4 and 12 days, or between 3 and 7 days, uh, depending on the study. Beneficial effect from an antibiotic. If you treat 18 people, one person will have a reduction in symptoms by between 8 and 12 hours. But if you treat 9 people, one person will have harm from the antibiotic. So if you break that down, two people will actually have harm for one person to reduce their symptoms by eight to 12 hours. What about sore throat? Usually lasts about seven to eight days. Beneficial effect from antibiotic, you'll treat between six and twenty people and one person will have a reduction in symptoms between 12 and 18 hours. For every 15 people you treat, one person will have harm due to the antibiotic. What about sinusitis? usually lasts 12 to 15 days. If you treat 18 people with an antibiotic, one person will have a 24 hour reduction in symptoms. But when you treat eight people, one person will have harm from that antibiotic. What about bronchitis? Bronchitis usually lasts 20 to 22 days. If you treat between 10 and 22 people, one person will benefit. What does that mean? They'll have an an 11 to 24 hour reduction in symptoms. Uh, thanks to the antibiotic, but the every for every 24 people you treat, one person will have harm directly related to the antibiotic. So basically tiny, tiny effects from these antibiotics. So so I suppose just to, I usually say to people, we just go over the, uh, the I find it easier to say, most are better by. So for middle ear infections, most are better by, we say three to seven days, or if you look at another study, four to 12 days, but we say three to seven days. For sore throat, most are better by seven days. Sinusitis, most are better by between fourteen and twenty-one days. Common cold, most are better by fourteen days, and cough, most are better by twenty-one days. So just to be, just to remember these timescales for 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 people, um, and obviously these are not without antibiotics. If you give them an antibiotic, you so you have to give a lot of people an antibiotics to reduce their symptoms by eight to twelve hours, really, in a, a, on average. So the fifth reason for a delayed or backup antibiotic is because that delayed or backup antibiotics do not lead to a greater number of complications or adverse events compared to immediate antibiotics. So they're safe to give to two to people. We know that from the Cochrane Review done in 2017 uh, by spurling et al. there was little or no difference in reconsultation in adverse effects or complications. Uh, with backup versus immediate antibiotics. So there are two main points to cover um, when you're giving a backup or delayed antibiotic prescription. And it's just basically what to explain or discuss with the patient. So number one, reasons for giving the backup or delayed prescription. And number two, this, the number of days to wait. Okay. So number one, the reasons for giving it reassure patient that there is no need for an immediate antibiotic prescription. Acknowledge that it is not possible to predict exactly how the illness will progress, and that you would like to have uh, for the patient to have access to antibiotics should their symptoms get worse or not improve uh, as expected. That leads me on to the second point the specified number of days to wait. If the patient has a middle ear infection, tell them most are better by three to seven days. If they have a sore throat, say most are better by seven days. If sinusitis, Most are better by 14 to 21 days. Common cold, most are better by 14 days. And cough or bronchitis, most are better by 21 days. So it's just to hammer that home. And the final benefit of a backup or delayed prescription is it's shown to reduce reconsultations by us actually discussing, you know, that most infections are better by X amount of days and then when to get help. This helps to educate the patient so that they know in future when, you know, when to come in. Um, I usually, I suppose, just to be specific, I usually go through 10 main points when to get help. And a lot of times this reassures the patient that their child or themselves aren't actually that unwell. So number one, if their skin feels unusually cold, looks mottled, such as patchy or irregular colour, if it's bluish or pale, or if there's a rash that does not fade when you press it. Number two, having fits or convulsions, new feelings of confusion or slurred speech, our child is unusually sleepy and difficult to wake. Number three, difficulty breathing. Signs that suggest breathing problems can be very fast or labour breathing, lips blue-tinged, or blue tinge lips skin between or above the ribs getting sucked or pulled in with every breath so it's increased uh, worker breathing if the severe headache and vomiting number five chest pain number six difficulty swallowing or drooling number seven coughing up blood number eight passing little or no urine number nine feeling a lot worse number ten any child under five who is not feeding or, or or else who is vomiting repeatedly or has not had a wet nappy for the past 12 hours. Now, then I say less serious signs that actually, you know, that usually wait until the next available appointment. Number one, if you're not starting to improve a little by the, you know, by time I've given, so middle ear, three to seven days, sore throat, seven days, sinusitis, 14 to 21 days, common cold, 14 days, cough, 21 days. Or it's children with middle ear infection if the fluid is coming out of their ears or they have new deafness or, Find one if they've had some side effects from the medication. So next thing to discuss is how do we actually write a delayed or backup prescription? So there are several different ways. Number one, issue the prescription, so write the script, but advise to get it dispensed only if needed. So tell them to go into the pharmacy only if they actually need it. The second way is to actually post date the prescription. So if they, you know, post date by three days time we say for for a middle ear infection we say number three collect the prescription from an agreed location so if you're working remotely number four they can collect the antibiotic now but only use if it's actually needed so we say if it's an elderly patient and you know on a friday night um you know they tell them not to take it straight away but if they you know if they might find it more difficult to get to the pharmacy over the weekend So there are three main occasions where we use a backup or delayed antibiotic prescription. Number one, you're uncertain about how an infection might progress. Number two, the patient remains concerned about illness progression despite you discussing antibiotics. Or number three, you're concerned a patient may need antibiotics when they will have limited access to medical care. So there are is a misconception out there that patients are all going to take the antibiotic anyway so what is the point in giving a delayed or uh, or a backup antibiotic and yes there are slightly higher rates of antibiotic use compared to giving a prescription for no antibiotic but it it is not as high as we expect and we also know that backup antibiotics will reduce the number of patients Who come back to see you so who reconsult you by up to a third, okay, because we help patients understand and understand antibiotics may not be as effective, so that then they will be more empowered to self-manage their infections going forward. And finally to address the medical legal consequences. So we know that there are a similar reduction in complications with backup antibiotics and immediate antibiotics. So it does not mean that patients are more likely to have complications by giving them a backup antibiotic. We know that there are less complications in backup antibiotics and immediate antibiotics compared to no antibiotics. So backup antibiotics are technically safer than than no antibiotics. And two very large core studies show that this is the case. So there's big numbers to prove this from a medical legal perspective. Before I finish up today's podcast, I just want to give a special thanks to Donna Leckie and the Target team in the UK who allowed me to use some of their resources uh, to deliver these uh, a number of these podcasts on antibiotic prescribing. So I'm very grateful to, to you all and I hope you found today's podcast useful and I'm looking forward to delivering my next podcast.